anyone like to share their best or their worst moment? Ooh, Amberly. I'd like to know your worst moment. Very true. <laughs> um, yes, pantomime. I mean, I'm sure that's someone's best moment. Someone's. <laughs> um, anyone else want to share? You don't have to. No pressure. Yeah, Matty. The pan. Which one? Which best or worst? The best. There's the guy. Best moment was the pantomime. Okay. I, I, yeah, I'm gonna start by reading the passage, um, for, for this talk, which is Nehemiah 8, verse 9 to 11. I'm afraid I don't know where it is in your Bibles. Um, but I'm just gonna read that now. Okay. 474. 474 in your Bibles. Okay, Nehemiah 8, verse 9 to 11 says, Then Nehemiah the governor, Ezra the priest and teachers of the law, and the Levites who were instructing the people, said to them all, This day is holy to you, to the Lord your God. Do not mourn or weep. For all the people had been weeping as they listened to the words of the law. Nehemiah said, Go and enjoy choice food and sweet drinks and send some to those who have prepared nothing. This day is holy to our God. Do not grieve, for the joy of the Lord is your strength. The Levites calmed all the people, saying, Be still, for this is a holy day. Do not grieve. I'm going to pray. Dear Lord Jesus, um, I pray you speak to us tonight. I pray that um, all these words are yours and not mine. Amen. So, for a bit of context, um, this is in the book of Nehemiah, as we know, who, unsurprisingly, is following the person called Nehemiah. This mic is moving. Um, So Nehemiah, who was he? He was a cupbearer for the king of the Persian Empire. And that basically meant he got to have a swig of the king's wine before he did to check for poison, which is not a bad job, some might say. So this guy was highly trusted and famous for his patience and his courage. He led the rebuilding of Jerusalem after it was destroyed, leading many people to become homeless. We meet him here um, when they've just finished rebuilding the walls, but are still in exile. I imagine them listening to these words and clinging to them for some hope in a very, very dire situation. Some scholars say that they'd be standing um, for hours absolutely um, focused on on these words that we've just had. Um, So that's the situation. So, in this passage... We uh, see people calling those weeping to stop, saying, it's a holy day. I don't know if you've ever been told to stop crying when you're, when you're really upset. I've personally never found it helpful. Um, and so I wonder what they actually meant by saying, 
stop weeping. This is a holy day. What does holy really mean? Well, it does not mean perfect. It does not mean goody-goody. What it does mean... I've got my slide. Oh, can I have the PowerPoint, please, nicely? What it does mean is set apart for sacred use. Um, so these teachers, yeah, um, they are not saying, hey, get yourself together, look good for God. What are you doing crying? He might see you. No. What they are saying is, hey, come to God and let all this, all your feelings, your weeping, be set apart for sacred use. What they're saying is, faith is a focus and not a feeling. Focus on God. Bring him your feelings and he will give you the secret strength of joy. So joy... What is it? As you know, this is a series on the fruit of the Spirit. Joy is a fruit of the Spirit, a product of an intimate relationship with God. I think we often think of joy as a feeling, as an emotion, as a noun. But joy actually comes from the verb to rejoice. And in many ways, joy is a choice and an obedience. I think this joy we are talking about comes about as a result of our focus and really not a lot to do with our feelings. I think we can all agree that our feelings change ten times a day. They're turbulent. Perhaps uh, we know people whose feelings change more than others during a day. And as we just discussed, in a week you can have great times and you can have really low times. We cannot predict what our day, our week, or year is going to look like. Life can be great, or it can hit us really hard. But we worship a God who knows this. He loves us so much that he became man to share in our suffering. That's the good news. Jesus himself suffered pain, temptation, and anguish as we might. He's outrageously compassionate to his people, to you and me. But these storms, these low lights, these um, worst moments of our weeks, they should be expected. Jesus illustrated this in his analogy of the two men building houses. One of them built his house on sand and the other builds house on a firm foundation. But I think often what we miss from this story is that both of these people experienced a storm. It doesn't matter what their foundation was. They both experienced one. Whether we follow Christ or not, we all experience storms. Being a Christian does not mean we are set for an easy life. Sometimes it can even mean the opposite. So, how is joy a fruit of the Spirit when, as Christian, we are still faced with the same weathering as everyone else? Well, it certainly does not mean that we fake it. 
We don't paint on a fake smile because we're Christian. This joy is real and it's true. It does not mean that we come to God like we do social gatherings. We tell everyone how amazing our life is and then we shut the door afterwards exhausted because it's like we've been pretending and performing on a stage. We cannot perform to God. He sees everything going on inside and out. God did not design us to pretend with him. He designed us to be honest with him. I think it's awesome that in the Bible, God gives so much room for confusion, anger, and pain to be expressed. The Psalms, for example, or Job. I love Job. (laughs) He's not just hit with a storm. He's hit with a storm followed by a forest fire, followed by a tornado, followed by a hurricane. He's got a pretty rough time. But the thing about Job is he doesn't weep alone. He brings it all to God. He brings all his pain and confusion to the feet of God. And this is where the magic happens. You see, any time we come to God, he always turns up. Even if we can't see it or feel it. He always blesses us more than we ask. And when we come to him weeping or praising, he always uses what we give him in ways we can't understand. So personally, I have dealt with very little suffering in my short lifetime. When I think back to one time I was really hurt by someone, I wanted to make them suffer in the way I had. Over months, I would cry to God. But that's when amazing things happened. He turned my anger and hurt into both forgiveness and joy for that person. Now this transformation could not have been done alone. That joy I had for this person was unreasonable and undeserved. But that's God, isn't it? He gives us what is unreasonable and undeserved. This is grace. This is the great exchange that in coming to God or inviting him into our situations, he offers us unreasonable joy and transformation. But this is not a quick fix. It doesn't happen by the click of our fingers. These blessings are in his timing and not ours. So what must we do? We must spend time with him in the secret place. I think Jo touched on this um, in her talk last um, week. Is this where the, where the magic happens? Spend time giving to him both your pain and your delight. Give him your earthly emotions and in return receive a heavenly joy. That doesn't change circumstances. It doesn't change emotions. But it calibrates our focus with his. It is a relationship as unreasonable as this one that enables us to have unreasonable reactions 
to storms that we face. It is in the secret place we are armed with the secret strength of joy. And when I hear that, I think, bring it on. So, this is the dream. Dream with me. Imagine if one day we can be rejoicing in tragedy, praising in misery, and alive in death. So let's focus on God amidst our turmoil of feelings and invite him into every situation, good or bad. Next time you have a highlight, the best moment of your week, bring it to God. Next time you wish something never, ever happened, bring it to God and just see what he can do with it. And practically, it's going to be done in many ways. You can utter his name at work. Just go, Jesus, help me. Jesus, thank you. Or you can light a candle and pray and he comes into your home. Or just lifting your head and remember that you are being loved over and cared for by the creator of the universe. Bring him your best and your worst and he will give you immeasurably more than you ask for. I'm going to pray to finish. Lord God, we thank you for this um, this gift that you offer us. I pray we take it um, with everything we can. I pray we um, all invite you into every situation. Thank you that you um, are so much more powerful than we can grasp. Amen.